me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. We have no fruit. I still fly. And yet, dark side is. Today on DC On Screen, we have possibly exciting composition news. Is it composition? If you're a composer? I think so. Yeah. All right. Let's go with it. For the Batman. Uh, <laughs> and uh, other exciting news that I'm, I'm just really over the moon about. We've got some news about the trench. We've got, oddly enough, some word about whether or not Tom Welling would be willing to play Batman on Arrow. All that, a little bit more, right after this. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. But this is a story not of the universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. That's my trusty companion, Jason Goss. Hello. What's up, man? Hey. That's not an answer. Nothing much. <laughs> hey is not an answer to what's up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nor is nothing much an answer to that's not an answer. That's true. Hmm. But it's acceptable somehow. Shooting two for two on non sequiturs. All right. So first off, thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon. Thank you. DC on screen. Once you go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash DC on screen. If you want to go find that $5. A month gets you the uh, secret RSS feed. I feel really off today. (laughs) You'll find a track. Probably. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. This is bad. In the meantime, so our Patreon. Right. Five dollars will get you all of the uh, exclusive content. The the, the Marvel reviews, the... Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Jason's, Jason's pull list, the, right? The, the whole thing. Uh, by the way, I'm about to do Batman Damned this afternoon. Mm. Um, we're gonna see if Batman is damned mm-hmm. or to what extent he's damned. It'd be fun. I always, I always thought he was. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a damned thing. Um, <laughs> at the very uh, least, the book itself is damned. We, we know mm-hmm. that mm. just because news. Right. Always appreciate it. There's a dollar a month option if you if you just want to help yeah, out. And we anyway. appreciate that too. Dude, we we go, you know, go. We, we, love, we love the support. The support. Uh, we, we appreciate all the support we've already gotten. And uh, if you'd like to hear us chase some squirrels or whatever the hell we're going to put up, go go do that. I don't I don't know. I, I'm not good on, on the saying, hey, go do the things. Calls to action, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can't do them. Mm-hmm. Terrible. And when I do them well, I feel like I sound like a used car salesman. It, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. It goes between apathetic and... Uh... Uh, lunacy. I, I don't know right. how to describe it, but it's either me fumbling over everything like I'm doing right now, or it's like going over to patreon.com slash DC on screen to get the Jason Squirrels, Jason's pull list, all the right. Marvel. Right. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, what are you doing? I don't know. I don't know how to describe that either. I, I, I don't know how to predict your moods. I, it's just, um, it's a whim. <laughs> 
All right, so I, I want to go ahead and talk about the news. Uh, we're talking about the Batman here. That'll get you on track. Maybe, perhaps. We shall see. I doubt it. Um, over on Instagram, Michael Giacchino posted a picture of a Batman statue in Dublin, Ireland. It's like a Batman statue on a building ledge. And uh, many are taking this as a sign that he's scoring the new uh, Robert Pattinson, Matt Reeves Batman movie. Uh, I could not be more excited about that possibility. Okay. Who the hell is that guy? I'm glad you asked. Um, I love Michael Giacchino. I think the obvious first mention is he did the Dawn of and War for the Planet of the Apes uh, with Matt Reeves. And he also did um, Let Me In, which Matt Reeves directed. I know you haven't seen those movies. I'm, I'm waiting for you to mention something I've seen. But here's just a few more in case you, dear listener, don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Michael Cicchino also composed The Incredibles, Spider-Man Far From Home, Spider-Man Homecoming, Jurassic World, and its sequel, Fallen Kingdom, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, Doctor Strange, Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, Zootopia, Pixar's Inside Out, Coco, Ratatouille, Up, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, and if you want television, Fringe, Lost, Alias, he did the movie 50-50, what's that? TV and film not enough? About three Call of Duty games, three Medal of Honor games. You and I are very well versed, very well versed in Michael Giacchino, sir. All right, so I should definitely know this bloke. You should definitely know him. Um, he is actually even directing an animated short Trek, short, uh, short Star Trek uh, thing that they're coming out with next mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. So he's dipping his toe in there as well. But that dude is prolific. Yeah, that's a lot. That's and a lot fantastic. of stuff that I've actually really liked, too. So um, I, I, I'm glad I know his name now. Mm-hmm. He's pretty great. Yeah, that's some good stuff you just mentioned. <laughs> and I would be I would be really super happy if he was doing Batman. I would love to hear his take on Batman. Yeah. Like that's the kind of name and that having just done, like, like the Apes movies with Matt Reeves, it, it it's a good bet. Mm-hmm. And let me in. Yeah. Not to mention, you know, there's a apparently a pretty big deal going down with uh JJ Abrams. And we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, super excited about Michael Giacchino. Really excited about this as well. Josh Gad came out on Twitter and says, Okay, seeing as I keep getting the question, as much as I have loved torturing you all with teasing you about the, the, the penguin, I feel like it's time to tell you I'm not actually playing the character. Ah, oh, that is good news. But I've thoroughly enjoyed the fan art and the love. Here's the thing. I think he was. <laughs> when you go yeah, back, you I mean, had it's, Jeff it's Johns following him. You had, you had Jeff Johns following him. You had him with a picture of DC offices with Jeff Johns. Look, yeah, I think it was going to happen, but that was back when, you know, we had Ben Affleck uh, directing the, writing, the Batman movie, directing, writing and, and directing with Jeff Johns um, before Matt Reeves. And, you know, Matt Reeves is the kind of guy that comes in and says, mm, no, we're going to do it my way or yeah. I'm going to go. And then Warner Brothers said, we like your way. Yeah. Okay. It took him okay. two years, but they're... A lot of news is finally forthcoming, and they're, they're going to do it his way, apparently. He is mm -hmm. holding him to the fire. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this. I, if you listen to this show, you know I am I was not a fan of the idea of Josh Gad playing the Penguin. I would have accepted it yeah. and watched it and given it a chance, by God, because that's what we do here. But, no, but it was not something we were excited about. Hopefully this uh, next little rumor, and I normally wouldn't mention it because it's just a stupid rumor, but, man, it would be amazing if this is somehow linked. Uh, Andy Serkis is being rumored for a role in the Batman. And, my lord, if he was the Penguin, well, that just makes me all manner of happy. All right. Educate me again. It was Andy Serkis. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, Serkis. He was Golem in Lord of the Rings. Oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah. And he was Ulysses yeah. Claw in Black Panther. Yeah, that could work. Mm-hmm. That could work for sure. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I would uh, very much enjoy if Andy Serkis was the Penguin. Mm -hmm. I feel like the Penguin has to be short. Uh, reasonably, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not... He doesn't have to be DeVito height, but... No, yeah, just 5'8", uh, so actually a really... That's that's about perfect. Right. You can play with cameras. <laughs> you, can, you can do anything with the cameras, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you were wondering whatever happened to the Aquaman Trench spinoff... Mm-hmm. James Gunn, uh, James Gunn, James Wan. <laughs> James Wan. <laughs> it would work with James Gunn too, wouldn't it? James Wan. <laughs> the other uh, James says, directing this universe right now. Mm-hmm. He says, we're still deep in sort of crafting the script. 
crafting the story right now. So I don't want to get into that too much. But, it's de <clears throat> but definitely it's one that I really want to lean into the horror of it. So it's going to play more as a monster horror movie than it will as a superhero film. Uh, but it's still definitely part of the Aquaman world. And Cinema Blend is also reporting that James Wan says his next movie will not be Aquaman 2 just yet. I have something else I'm cooking up. I'm not ready to share just yet. So everyone cool your jets. Aquaman will happen eventually. Or it will stay in development hell as James Wan and Jason Momoa remain increasingly more uh, <laughs> engulfed in the movie business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And uh, we'll never see it, but... Uh, I mean, it kind took of good either three way. years to get the first film out. Mm, it did. And I think after all of that extensive work, you don't want to jump right back into Aquaman. No. You want to, you know, stretch your legs a bit, do something else. I, I think, think that's the way. hilarious that we're talking about an Aquaverse. That that alone is just absurd. It's a, spe it's a special kind of feeling. Yeah. Hey, if if you if you told us an, uh, an historian 200 years from now who is studying pop culture what happened at this stage, we're like, well, we're going to release a... Batman and Superman centric movie and then three years later we won't even know what's happening with those characters we're gonna do an Aquaman universe they, they would not fucking believe you hmm I think historians would <laughs> maybe in the context but no <laughs> no no not the not the whimsical nature of the whole thing no I think they would be more saddened by that by the fact that that was all we had to report <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Batman and Superman I don't know anyway we're gonna do a second Aquaman movie. Oh, featuring Aquaman. No, featuring some offshoots. It's 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 mm -hmm. more of a spinoff. So what about Superman and Aquaman? Uh, no, no, no Superman. What, what about, about world politics? Uh, what about Batman? We don't want to talk about no. that. Oh, no. No, this is much more fun to argue about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so there is a Variety article out, and it's just, it's a it's a power of pride list. Mm-hmm. And they're highlighting, you know, uh, the LGBTQ plus community mm -hmm. and, and, you know, celebrities and whatnot. Uh, now, they, they brought up Ezra Miller and they said here in this blurb uh, he, that he plays the ultra swift superhero of The Flash and he will get his DC Universe standalone film as soon as he wraps up his work on the Harry Potter spinoff series Fantastic Beasts. That is not an official report. That Ooh. is old ass news. Yeah. And we don't have anything to say is not happening, except for all the stuff that's saying it's probably not going to happen. But yeah, it's that, not It's that, not an official, yes, this is happening either. No, 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 do not take it that way. Yeah. That that was somebody from a different department <laughs> writing writing the, uh, the, the one article and not having enough time to delve into the other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that... No, the the flash is far more complicated than that. Yeah, it's pretty. It's in the weeds right now. Oh yeah, I mean there was <laughs> a a point several months back where it was like, well, we're gonna give it a couple weeks for Ezra and I forget who. Um, Grant to, Morrison. To, yeah, uh, to come up with a script and you would forget Grant Morrison. Yeah, it was Grant Morrison. Jesus. Um, <laughs> to come up with the script. No, and, not Jesus. Uh, Grant Morrison. I know it's confusing same thing, for you sometimes. Damn it. Um, no, it's not. I keep depends, telling you. Depends on what you're talking about. Um, don't and, anger and our Lord Alan Moore. Like damning if it didn't work out. I, I, no, I mean, <laughs> this is no. It's it's it. This is a muddy, muddy mm -hmm. subject. It is. Yeah. So, anywho, we'll see what happens with that. But I right. don't don't take that as no, the gospel. There, do not. Uh, speaking of things you might not want to be able to take for gospel, but Geeks Worldwide is reporting that uh, the Suicide Squad is going to be filming September 23rd through January 31st in Atlanta, Georgia. Hmm. And I feel like they're usually on top of things, though. Geeks Worldwide. I might I be wrong. Source. I've heard of, I've heard them a few times. It's not yeah, we got this covered, so Atlanta's I'm like, popular, okay. But. <laughs> it is. Uh, now, this is, uh, I guess, potentially pretty exciting news. I, I'm not big on the business end of things, so uh, yeah, what, what do you want? But uh, Ann Sarnoff, he's, uh, or she's the uh, president of uh, BBC Studios Americas. She's been named the new chair and CEO of Warner Brothers. And uh, she kind of has a huge digital background, which was a really big, hmm. big deal. It was a Big thing that Warner Media really wanted on the list of qualifications for the CEO taking over from, you know, Osuge. Mm hmm. <laughs> Son of a bitch. 
bastard. For so that, many reasons. I, I, yeah, I was about to say, that was for reasons before we even found out before that he was... Before we a, knew he was also a fucker. Weinstein piece of shit. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's see here. Uh, as president of BBC Studios, uh, Sarnoff oversaw the company's business division in the US, Canada, and Latin America... She shepherded LA Productions, linear and digital program sales and co-productions, home entertainment and licensing. She also led efforts to grow BBC Studios' global brands, Doctor Who, Top Gear, and the natural history brand, BBC Earth. I've heard of all of those things extensively, so good job, Anne Sarnoff. Mm-hmm. And she was also uh, a board chair of BritBox. Uh, where she guided the development and growth of the direct-to-consumer service, which offers U.S. and Canadian customers the largest collection of British television programming. That is going to be huge, huge in this upcoming role uh, with the Warner streaming service, uh, DC Universe. Who knows what's going to happen with that? It might get just rolled in. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just uh, it wound up just being a service with old DC content uh and hbo or some or the warner streaming service was p- producing the new stuff like titans yeah uh who knows we, we don't know nobody There's knows at, at least one format where um for instance to get to the wtf podcast at some point i uh i subscribed to hal fm mm-hmm. for uh, 4.99 or 5.99 a month or whatever it was um that rolled over stitcher bought it that rolled over into a Stitcher Premium contract that I still have, and it still mm-hmm. debits my account as Howl, but I have mm-hmm. Stitcher Premium. That sounds right. Could be one of those. Could be, fuck the whole thing. We're deleting everything and selling the shows to somebody else, and you're going to have to sign up for this new service, and thank you for your time. I don't know. Anywhere in between. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they'll completely do that. I think uh, all the time they've spent putting, uh, putting shows up and, and all the money they've spent putting comics up, I think it'll still exist there at the very least it'll have at minimum i think it has a banner and the comics day minimum because i think dc's been wanting to match uh the the comics marvel unlimited yeah Yeah, marvel unlimited for a while for uh at minimum i think that's there Mm -hmm. the uh original content that may be a numbers game yeah i I don't know how much they're making on that i mean it's it's a no ad service that they've they've got a subscription for Mm -hmm. i mean if it was a patreon that i was paying i I think i pay 7.99 a month if it was a Patreon page that was producing this content for seven ninety nine a month, I, I I don't know how many people they'd have to have to make that work. But a lot. You know, I I would probably for all the DC comics, uh, I would probably pay the same amount and nothing else, or just the the streaming content of old shows. Being and able the to comics. just have the streaming content for the old content, uh, like just being able to get to like BTAS when I want to. That's mm-hmm. totally worth it for me. Mm-hmm. If all I had was access to older stuff and all the comics, I would I would pay it. Absolutely. And I think it makes a lot more sense to, to put those shows on a more wide-reaching service. Yeah. Like you said. The, if you're going to spend if, the if money on it. you already have people on HBO and you can get something on HBO. And like, you know, as you mentioned, like Teen Titans and Doom Patrol, or Titans and Doom Patrol, not so much Swamp Thing. We have some problems. But Titans and Doom Patrol would do fantastically on HBO, I think. Mm-hmm. Like that, it would be millions of people that you don't already have that you could get. Um, it it could be that they're gonna en- uh, enroll all of the content we're seeing in what they're doing now, and they have plans for it. Or it could be they're trying to shop it out because I mean, if you ask me, I think it's an under an undersold item. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's Titans and Noob Trolls season one are some of the best fucking content I've ever seen out of DC, mm-hmm. and I wish more people knew about it. Agreed. Or even had access to it. Even had access. I mean, it's on Netflix at some point, but still. At some point, yeah. All right. So uh, (laughs) there's a lot of hubbub now about uh, J.J. Abrams possibly overseeing the DC Universe at Warner Media. There's nothing to really indicate that that's what's going to happen. He has uh, entered into final negotiations with Warner Media for a $500 million pact. I don't believe that he would stop making projects for other companies. I that just wouldn't make sense. I mean, he's they're still doing the Mission Impossible stuff over at Paramount. Yeah, they've got a lot of stuff going on. In the reporting, they'd probably throw the word exclusive in there somewhere if that was the case. Yeah, I I, I don't think that they would sign on for an exclusive thing, and I don't think Warner Media would be stupid enough to try to force them to do that. In fact. Um, I believe they got rid of Sujihara because uh, his 
J.J. Uh, Abrams' wife and co-CEO Katie McGrath said, no, we're not doing that. And it, was, it actually became a, a moral issue for them, a values issue, issue for them. They wouldn't even uh, consider doing uh, anything with Warner uh, as far as signing more uh, contracts unless Sujihara was gone, which I applaud both of them yeah. for that. Oh, yeah. I like that. But um, even still, like Abrams is not without that. And that was laudable. Um, mm-hmm. Without that, uh, Abrams is not the kind of guy that would take an exclusive any fucking thing. That dude has yeah. always been spread out. He's always and I think been he spread likes out. it that way. Absolutely. Uh, now, you know, and let's let's not fool ourselves. I don't think he's going to give up his cushy little position over on the Disney lot making Star Wars movies. And if he doesn't make any more Star Wars movies, that's fine. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he just wraps it up with uh, the Rise of Skywalker. But, it's um, theoretically supposed to, but. Maybe not his involvement. Who knows? Yeah. Now, uh, I I don't have quite the problem with J.J. Abrams that others have. Uh, our friend Matt over at MCU Cast, and I co-host with him over on Star Trek Universe Podcast, he calls J.J. Abrams the destroyer of worlds. <laughs> <laughs> I think he feels the same way about him as we do Goyer. Well, see, I, I, I don't. I'm not sure that's true either, but you know, Abrams, I think, I think Matt feels about Goyer the way we feel about Goyer. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I feel like Abrams, his, but the, the biggest problem I have with him is he's um, obsessed with this concept of the mystery box, the, the laying out a big mystery. And he's very uh, just, he's, Gone on record as saying, I don't always, I don't really know what the mystery is. When I lay it out there, I just lay it out there. Yeah. And see, for me, keeps, that's, that's a shitty way of telling a story. It is. And I he, get that. Completely. And he does that over and over again and just kind of lets other writers. And I understand if you're starting a bunch of stuff, that's really great. But, you know, you I'll wrap it up. The, the problem with that is, I mean, he is so busy that he just starts the thing and then moves on and other people have to pick it up. And a lot of times people just decide not to pick it up. See, I'm not sure if that's how it factually or, happens, but I mean, it makes sense. And I, I like I know that factually that's how that's how busy he is. And I get it. But mm-hmm. he, he also, uh, as a producer of things, has little follow through to me looking at it. Uh, it um, lost alone ended in nothing. Like it, That's it, not true. It ended in complete mystery, and and no, it didn't. Yeah, you can say it has a definitive ending, but no, it doesn't have a, like a satisfying definitive ending. I think it does. You haven't even watched it. Yeah, I've seen enough. If you have that opinion, you haven't, and you're smart enough to understand. That's <laughs> the thing. Go over to the lost the the lostpedia and look at unsolved mysteries. There are like three. Like, and there are like hundreds of others. Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof, I think, did a pretty good damn job of of cleaning up most of those mysteries there are a couple of mysteries and i understand if you had the the answers to those it might not be worth knowing or it might be such a total letdown that's the that's the other thing with abrams is like they're just like what with uh ryan johnson did with um the last jedi you know just he he had a bad guy say like oh you're not anything your your parents were nobodies or whatever it was um which is fine, but not necessarily the most uh, reliable of narrations. Mm. <laughs> but everyone got upset, like, oh, what, 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 what? he's destroying the mythology. I think Abrams, to some degree, puts people in a no-win scenario where there's no way to to uh, fulfill these mysteries. Um, I, that said, with, he, with he makes a hell of a movie. So I'll, I'll happily own my ignorance of Lost. When I've mm-hmm. read the summaries of the storyline, I thought he... Left it on the table, but I mean, um, he he literally came in and directed the pilot and moved on. Like, yeah, I know, which is always frustrating. But but that's where he that's that's the genius though, because then you, you go know, to like the Star Trek movies where he, I actually enjoyed him for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, I have my issues, but yeah, I've enjoyed him. The thing I have the most issue with of all things was like the the they straight up lied to us in the media before. Then was like, oh, he's not con, and then you watch the movie, it's con. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that. Yeah, like That's... there's a, a huge difference between like what they did the Infinity War and Endgame trailers, where they literally redid some of the images to to trick mm-hmm. you. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a lie. That's a mislead. That's a mislead that I appreciate when I see it later. What he did was, well, it may not even be him. It may be the trailer house at the studio. I'm not sure you can blame him. But on those, like, I, I didn't appreciate that straight up lie. But I mean, it was definitely him. Abrams came out and said, it's not gone. Oh, was it him? Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't appreciate that. But, um, and I, I actually enjoyed that series of movies, but that's, that's part of what I'm talking about. There's not a lot of follow through with him. He it doesn't seem like he gets to complete things very often. Because he's so busy. Yeah. yeah. He just kind of, he's, he's just like a pinball bouncing around. But then, he, you know, he's directed, what, the last two or three? No, I think he's been, he hasn't directed, but he's produced. He directed Mission Impossible 3 and handed it off to somebody else. And then it became Christopher McQuarrie who did the last two. I think I think that's how that worked. But um, go with it. I don't. It, 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 there's a it's a mixed bag, and you know, whenever you're you hand off a franchise, who knows, man? Like Gene Roddenberry stopped basically having anything creative to do with Star Trek after Star Trek One, and the franchise got really good. Oh yeah, no, this, can, <laughs> this can be for better or worse. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh, you know, oh, I, I don't know, but well, I guess we'll see. Uh, I don't think, I think Abrams is divisive, and I think that Warner Brothers possibly, I, I hope they understand this, I think Warner Brothers is finally getting around to the con- the concept that there there are no safe choices anymore. No. In the geek community, everyone is now divisive. Yeah. Um, in the last two years, we've seen fans, the, the fan community turn against Marvel in a way that I, well, for, quite frankly, warned you was going to happen. <laughs> um, I mean, look at the some of the backlash for Captain Marvel. Um, yeah, it was an inevitability, but yeah. So I don't think there's any. Uh, I I truly don't believe that there is any solid uh, choice, safe choice. But you know, Emmerich did say, like we reported, great directors are the lifeblood of a studio, and they need great producers. I know a lot of uh, people took that as a dig at Zack Snyder. I don't think it really was. Uh, maybe it was, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was meant as such. I, uh, no, I actually partly took it as, um, in a way, kind of an apology to Zack Snyder. Yeah, I can like, see that. I think there are definitely people within the the Warner Brothers uh, hubbub, the 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 lane, uh, the line, whatever, um, corporate Warner Brothers that genuinely wish they had just stuck with it. Mm-hmm. I think Hamada and Emmerich are on the team of like, yeah, if we had just done this a certain way, I think it could have worked. Maybe. Could Maybe just be so. me hoping. But yeah, for sure. Okay. I think there are people that think, yeah, we should just we should have just stuck with the plan, done what we were planning on doing. It would have all worked out. We would have still had Aquaman and, you know, Wonder Woman 84 probably hitting a billion mark and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I guess we'll see, though. Like, there's nothing to say that uh, that if J.J. Abrams did do, did sign that contract with Warner Media, n- no indication that he would be stepping in to do anything with the DC universe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> we went off on JJ Abrams, but still Yeah. It it may have nothing to do with anything we talk about. Yeah. Forgot about that part. I mean, there was that Superman script that he wrote that everyone hated back in what what was it, two thousand three or four or something? Um Is that like Uprising or something? Um, I, I'm not sure if that was flyby or if that was, I think it was flyby. That sounds right. I'm not sure, but, um, you know, the fan community did not handle that script. Well, it, it had some laughable concepts in it. It did. All right. You want to talk about some TV? Hit it. All right. So, um, by the way, before, like, I'm going to talk about the flash here, but I saw a headline, uh, yesterday that, um, and it was a very, it seemed very serious, uh, Grant Gustin is uh, shaving his beard for Flash season six, and I thought I think that's a bold choice to uh, you know shave the beard of 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 a character who has traditionally had a beard. So much, so much beard. Oh, I mean, it's it's um really been very surprising that they've been able to to to, to shove all that beard into the uniform mm-hmm. for all these years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's uh, the costume team should really be uh, applauded. I mean, they work on that. Uh, honestly, I always thought he was clean shaven, but mm-hmm. uh, no, it, apparently CGI. they decided that it was important enough to write an article about it. So no, apparently CGI. this whole well, time he's had the he's, beard the entire okay. time and they've been editing it out. That's probably what made, you know, them think well, that they could uh, edit that, the mustache exactly. out. That's why they thought. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was a 
it was a good idea at the time, but they they didn't get the right guy. Um, mm-hmm. I forget who it was that works on that team, who the uh, the guy that edits out the beard, but he uh, he wasn't mm-hmm. free that weekend, and yeah. they had to get somebody else, and uh, that's why we got. Oh, Christmas it was um, Mustache McNomore. That was yeah. his name. Right, his uh, work visa for the U.S. was declined, so he could only work mm-hmm. in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and that's why it looks fantastic on Grant Gustin and. Uh, Henry Cavill looks like a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> anyway, TV Line is reporting that uh, they're going to introduce a new uh, scientist character. They are in the they are currently in the process of casting a new math and science expert for the sixth sixth season. I can't say sixth. It's the hard. description does also say feels that like every fucking season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not even complaining. I like math and science characters, but right. It's like every season. This is this is what we do. It's it's nerds with the superpowers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, that's that's it's the Flash. Well, they say that they're they're casting a character that will be a socially awkward African American genius in math and science who is specifically a bit obsessed with aliens and their tech. Now, upset the, the the that bit about being obsessed with aliens and their tech is the only somewhat interesting slash original thing about this because awkward african-american genius in math and science that just sounds like they're we already have that. Pi- piping in curtis yeah we just, we're just gonna recast him over here yeah but Echo he Kellum, would make a fantastic addition to the flash team by the way yeah and you know what i think that may have been, I, based on this i i say that was their plan and then echo Kellum said i don't want to do it maybe maybe with the um addition of alien science it could be part of the lead up to crisis mm-hmm. and we, we, we literally have to get not only out of this world but out of several worlds we're, we're going multiverse and they've got to build up to that so mm-hmm. they do have to introduce somebody and the flash is the perfect show to introduce the science of it to get into the multiverse let me ask you this uh-huh. uh i've been rereading crisis on infinite earths and uh based on how uh, integral lila michaels aka harbinger is uh at the beginning of that book do you think that the last 10 episodes of Arrow are going to uh, turn her into something? Turn Lila into Harbinger proper or close that would to be proper? Fantastic. That would be fantastic. Now, like Harbinger, the the one you're reading is the one who is there to witness all of the world's ending, right? Um, well, she is sent, she and she is sent by the monitor to go gather certain heroes. Um, there is a a cat named Pariah who is oh, it's forced Pariah. I was to watch Pariah. everything. I bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is the one who's forced to watch everything. In. Mm-hmm. You're right. Harbinger is the one that gathers. Um, that actually would be cool. Just as a name check, that would be cool. And she could do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, within the Arrowverse, she is uh, top top three badass. Yeah. It would not be surprising at all if she was one of the ones that rounded up the team. I just don't know how you have Lila Michaels floating around and you're doing Crisis on Infinite Earths and you don't do Harbinger. Don't, don't use the word Lila. Yeah. Or the, the word Harbinger, but <laughs> they've used the word Lila plenty. <laughs> That'll get us there. <laughs> all right. Actually, so, though, that hmm? I, I misremembered, but now I'm kind of wondering, like, is there going to be a pariah character? Uh, I, You know, I'm not sure, but they could easily just introduce him at the beginning of um, Crisis. They could. It could also actually be Arrow to serve that role. That would be interesting. I mean, he, he's been kind of the, uh, I don't know, the, the dour, depressed, like, how do I put it? Um, he's been the character through which we've seen the, the depression and depravity of the Arrowverse so far. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be a hard step for him, uh, having already met the Monitor in an ethereal plane, to be the guy who sees universes die and has to sit there and watch it mm. wouldn't be a long step i could see it he definitely knows how to hit that beat just like he hits his meat sure <laughs> i don't know i'm sorry <laughs> i don't know how to help you from that I, yeah. I, I don't i don't know i don't know i don't know what to do with it in a recent interview there you go <laughs> just just move right past it over on oh. school what 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 that's the, the sound hell? was moving forward for no good reason that's the sound of a pigeon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best i could do what what is a pigeon uh, anyway pigeons carry yeah carrier pigeon mm-hmm. just carrying us to the next topic mm-hmm. um score the podcast and an interview with pinar toprak uh who scored captain marvel and it turns out uh, she is going to be scoring uh, Stargirl for DC Universe. Oh, 
Yeah, that's good. I like the Marvel music. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also worked on Sci-Fi's Krypton. Oh, they actually have really good music. They no, do like have good music. Now. Yeah, I wish they had a show to match. That's nah, not fair yet. It's, uh, it's not, not fair yet. It, it is moving it, a bit slow it, this season. It's not fair yet, but with with the exception of Lobo, who admittedly took me a while to get used to, um, I, I'm not a not my Lobo guy, but mm-hmm. I mean, he quite literally is not my Lobo. So I, I've had to get used to him. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> he's a little different. Not opposed to him, just he's a little different. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've officially fallen in love with the guy. Yeah. He says bastages in the first episode. I was pretty happy about that. He does, but he says it weird. He says it weirdly. Uh, yeah. Maybe. They give him a what I'll call a unique accent. Mm-hmm. Anyway, down for this score. Down down for that. Uh, so mm-hmm. there was a recent episode. I, I listened to this podcast, so I, I heard this and kind of chuckled. Um, Tom Willing on uh, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, Inside of You. It was actually a really great episode. This is his second appearance, but this time he was interviewing uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Trying. Or trying. They ended up kind of talking at each other for a bit. Which, those guys have a a great chemistry. How do I call it? Those guys have fantastic chemistry. They do have great chemistry. You can tell they're actually, you know, something like friends. I'm not going to say actual friends because uh, I don't think they hung out a whole lot in between uh, small villain. I, I think they sound like friends. Yeah, but yeah, I, maybe they do. In particular, um, I would love to hear them. Like, I would love to hear them behind the scenes at a convention. Mm-hmm. Which they would but, probably be pretty delightful. If 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 you have not heard Michael Rosenbaum's podcast inside of you, I will tell you the first Tom Welling. And then, like, this past couple weeks, he's done what he called Smallville Week, where he talked to John Glover, he talked to uh, Goffin Miller, uh, Kristen Crook, um, and uh, did I say John Glover? Because that was a big one. Yeah, that was a big one. That was fantastic. Um, So, yeah, and just, if you're a Smallville fan, good Lord, there's a lot there to to love and listen to. Oh, yeah. A lot of cute moments about, like, uh, Kristen feeding Tom Welling the lines. That was one of, that was maybe my favorite story. Is like uh, he was auditioning for the role. She was already cast. He paused because he just forgot what he was doing. She mouthed the lines that he was supposed to say, and he said them and said them convincingly. And then later, after he was cast, they were like the way you paused. <laughs> he was like, I just forgot. <laughs> I just forgot what I was supposed to be saying. <laughs> yeah, she gotta help me out on that. Yeah, it was a great story. Absolutely, but yeah, Welling does say that he would like to do Batman. Oh, for sure. He'd make a great Batman. He says, I think there there's some room to grow there, and it would be different. So uh, if you saw his turn on Lucifer, I think you would probably agree that he was he would be a pretty good Batman. Yeah. yeah. He made a great Bruce Wayne, at least there. And um, I enjoyed his turn on Lucifer, and enjoyed hearing that he enjoyed his turn on Lucifer. Like, it was a fun cast, and uh, it, I, I kind of expected that out of, out of Lucifer, that, that the cast themselves have, have fun. Mm-hmm. Like the the show itself has let us down many times for not moving on fast enough, but mm-hmm. you know it's it's always got some pretty good lighthearted moments. Like the worst episode of Lucifer has made me laugh once. Yeah, you know, it it does have some humor in it, and it's it was good to hear that the the cast is enjoying themselves. Indeed, and by the way, Lucifer tops Netflix's binge watching for the seventh week in a row. Wow! But um, don't get excited, Lucifer fans. The Lucifer showrunners came out and said. Hey, another Save Lucifer campaign. That's not going to do anything. This is it. <laughs> this, is, this is all. We're done. Final season. Fifth season. That's it. And they're happy to actually be able to do a, a, an ending. So they've learned their lesson. Yeah. They're taking what they I were given. I wanted some seasoned producer to pull them aside and say, hey, sit down. Let me explain some things. And, you know, in all fairness, though, they, it seems so naive. Well, we're going to leave it on a cliffhanger. And But it worked. Mm-hmm. I mean. I, I don't know if it worked for that reason. I doubt it did. But in all fairness to them, it's it's like when, when my dog barks at me because he wants a treat and I tell him no for 10 minutes and he keeps barking at me and then he settles down and I give him a treat. Uh, theoretically, he just barked at me and I gave him a treat. I, I don't I don't see much difference between them saying like, oh, what we're going to do is we're going to starve you of an ending mm-hmm. and then they'll let us continue <laughs> the show. Yeah. It feels very similar. It, it does, but I, I don't think that's why. I mean, it contributed. It was a contributing factor, but I don't think that was... The, I think they would have had a huge campaign anyway. 
maybe. I mean, I, I have talked to several people and, and demographics that surprised me even um, of people that were really a, like a huge fan of the show. Um, it's it's been a weird thing to keep track of because for me and you, it's it's been a bit of an abomination. Like they just didn't move the story fast enough. The celestial stuff didn't get enough attention. But I mean, honestly, if they did, if what they had done was what they'd done in this fourth season the entire time, I'd be a huge fan of this show. Mm, I think I would agree. Yeah. Like this was a huge upgrade. Mm-hmm. And if you condensed the first three seasons down to about 20 episodes, I'd probably be a, also a pretty fucking big fan of the show. Mm-hmm. They just, there was a lot, uh, too much time kind of waiting in the water. It, it, uh, it needed to move on faster than it did. That was it. It was the, the procedural nature of it and the network TV nature of it was not something me and you were fans of. So that's just in our DNA mm-hmm. and that's how it was going to be and that's how it came out. And it's not even necessarily that I'm I'm not a fan of it. It's just that I w- saw too much of it as a child. I grew up watching too much, too many procedurals. It was roped. And I'm done. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, parts of it were roped. And even, even, even when it was, um wrote and we'd seen this uh episode of law and order before but with tom ellis now drop my pen sorry it was Mm. still um (laughs) a bit charming i mean Mm -hmm. tom ellis is charming the cast was generally charming um it still had there was a lot to like about it still but it was it was just we didn't want it to be the show that it was the fourth season on netflix if they do that again i'll be really happy to watch it yeah absolutely um no i i i do say that i'm i'm done with the procedural uh, despite the fact that I really like elementary, <laughs> there are times when, when, you know, and they have enough going on sort of, uh, I mean, uh, in an overarching I, sense that I get it. it can like as a guy who's watched going. every episode of monk twice, <laughs> I get it. Like when so, what, USA nailed it back in the, back in the day, back in the aughts, when they called it characters welcome, that was their big campaign series. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like when it was, uh, what's his name doing? uh, The Christopher Walken character, the dead zone character. Mm -hmm. Um, When it was that and that and burn notice, like I uh, burn notice, another show that was pretty procedural with a, a good serial story that had a big payoff. Right. Again, another show that was like a, a procedural story had some serial moments, uh, good payoff. I was on board, man. I, is, I watched every fucking episode of both of those. I've enjoyed uh, everything I've seen of Burn Notice. We, it, it, should should I actually go through and watch that ep- that show? Yes, you actually should. It's a strangely, mm. I say that now, but not. I love Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell rings another level to why that show is a good show. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This feels so biased now, but I really enjoy. <laughs> also, I I really enjoy Jeffrey Donovan. Like uh, I forget what he was in before. It was like uh, it was some show where he had brain damage. He was mm-hmm. he was a detective who had been shot in the head, and he had brain damage, and he could like sense things. It was one of those. It was again like USA going through their characters welcome era, mm-hmm. um, and they really man they were on top of shit for a while. Um, and something that won me over was like the pilot of of that. Uh, it was like uh, evil. God damn, it's it's so close. I can't remember what it is. Ah, so close. But uh, whatever he did before, um, it, I it was even Nine Inch Nails uh, song in the pilot, like a, a song mm. of fragile, I think. Uh, but it was it was a really good show. I've always loved Jeffrey, Jeffrey Donovan. I even love. Uh, um, he's on Shut Eye now. Uh, basically, a show where he's a con man. It's on Hulu. It's a show where he's a con man that is. Um, not not actually a gypsy. It's literally a con man trying to con gypsies, which, you know, obviously doesn't end well. And that's it's, it's a good show. I enjoy it. He's a great actor. So when I saw him there, I was happy to see him. And then I watched the pilot and there was fucking Sam Axe there. And I was super happy about it. And I watched every damn episode. Mm. And it was one of those shows where I was, uh, it always cracked me up. Like you would see somebody on, uh, <laughs> you'd see somebody on Burn Notice. And then, like, the next week you'd see him on uh, Dexter. Like, mm-hmm. season one and two of Dexter are, like, littered with people that were on Burn Notice. It, it, it was hilarious. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's fun. Um, yeah, I, I've... Burn Notice was one of those when when we lived together, you would just have them playing, and I would find myself... Uh, and it's as much the same way living with, with Bethany, uh, having... Uh, she'll, she'll play... She'll, she likes to go to sleep with Hulu on, so it'll just move Whatever. over to uh, Elementary. Yeah. Uh, and I will sit there and realize with a steady steam of drool coming out of my mouth that I have been watching for hours. 
<laughs> Three hours later, you're like, I've seen four episodes of this show, and I'm still pretty happy to watch the next one. Yeah, and and they're pretty good. They do. They have the little Buffy thing going pretty well. Not quite to that extent, but where like they have, they just have a little through line mm-hmm. through the season. Where it's like, oh, here's another thing about the season's big bad. And you're like, oh, oh, they're going to end it on that? No. Well, I have to find out how his dad is involved in this shenanery. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, they just have great chemistry on that show. And I, I felt the same way about Burn Notice when you would play it. I would, I really liked the format. I liked uh, Jeffrey Donovan's voiceover work. Really reminded me of... Um, Sci-fi channels are uh, an invisible man. Um, oh, how yeah. he would like, yeah. All right, the key to being a thief, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it, it Oscar was, Wilde said, blah blah blah. Yeah. It was surprisingly good, and it was well framed, and um, I I really didn't. I I enjoyed it way more than I thought I ever would. Like I watched the pilot, enjoyed it, and then ended up every week looking forward to it. Um, it, I would say like. Same with Monk. Um, it it's Tony Shalhoub, man. Mm-hmm. It, it this one's hard to even apologize for. It's not. I don't. I don't have to. I don't have to justify this. It, it seemed enjoyable. Tony but, uh, Shalhoub, and he killed I, it. And yeah, like, yeah it, it it is a procedural thing, and and he did just solve a mystery every week. And yeah, there's this uh, Sherlock esque quality to how he sure solved everything. But um, the entire time, it's Tony Shalhoub playing this character. And mm-hmm. like if you've seen Miss Mizell, uh, the uh, fabulous Miss Mizell, I forget the name. I have not. Um, it if you've seen anything he fucking did, you know how good he is. Oh yeah, you you know you, uh, aside from Men in Black, the thing that I know uh, yeah. Tony Shalhoub from is a. I think even then a, the first thing you should have probably seen him in was the uh, uh, the DNA movie. What's the name? Shit, man, my memory is really blank on me today. I don't know about the uh, DNA movie with the stolen ladder, Jude Law. Uh, Ethan Hawke. Gattaca? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, fuck. I don't know. Right, I'm going to look this one up. Hold on. This is sounding less and less like a thing I've seen. <laughs> Honestly. Hold on. Oh, no. I don't think I know what you're talking about. Are these the organ people? The people who sell organs and, but then like you have, they, they come to repossess the repo men? No. No. That's, uh, a, that's a whole different thing. Okay. That one's a, uh, Men in Black 3, he's still there. Monk, there's that. American East, uh, Monk webisodes. Yeah, there, there were those two. Oh, Cars. Yeah, he was in Cars. Why not? He gets the ropes. Party animal. God, he's been in so many things. Yeah, the thing that I came to know him from. Oh, 13 Ghosts. I remember that. That was really good. Mm, I have not seen that. Stark Raving Mad. Stark Raving Mad. That is yeah. the thing that I came to know him on. Uh, very short-lived series, uh, short-lived sitcom with uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, uh, of course, in love with the premise because uh, he was a horror writer and mm-hmm. uh, would just do these ghastly, awful things in his apartment that would freak Neil Patrick Harris out. Neil Patrick Harris was a very straight-laced individual and would uh, constantly put on Purell or whatever. And <laughs> then he would like turn a corner and Tony Shalhoub is hanging and hung himself or whatever. Uh, yeah, loved that show. Really, really enjoyed that show, and I hated when it went away. Okay, I think it was Gattaca. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, we can get on that one. Um, it's uh, part of my love of Tony Shalhoub might have, as I was scrolling down, uh, he was in Gargoyles <laughs> at some point, oh. which I watched religiously. Dinosaurs. Was he in, was he in Wings? Too. Monsters, even. Oh, no, he was a huge part of Wings. Okay. I never yeah. watched Wings. He was just the Italian guy in Wings. For some reason, I know, like... A whole lot of people on there. Tim Daly, uh, Stephen yeah. Weber, oh, yeah. Crystal Bernard. Like yeah. I, for some reason, I just know all of those people who were on Wings without having ever seen an episode of Wings. Yeah, he. Um, again, USA showing up. I I think they were the the progenitors of that series, and I watched every fucking episode I could get my hands on. Like, I thought it was that was NBC, ones. but mm, I might be wrong. Eh, could have been in replay. I don't know. It, when I was watching it in the late nineties, it was on USA. And mm-hmm. me and my family sat down to watch Wings. That was uh, that was a show we watched every time. Yeah, I, I know that it was on a lot. And I only know that because there's there's an old Married with Children bit. And it was the only thing I knew about Wings for a really long time. Where Al sits down and turns on the television. And it was like, up next, Wings. And he like grimaces and changes the channel. And it says, and now, Wings. And he's like, damn it. And he changes the <laughs> channel again. 
and it then it's like someone speaking in spanish and then they say wings and he's like ah damn it you can't get away from it that 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 show went on for a while and it was fantastic and it was what brought me a love of several characters like steven weber tim daly all of them um and tony shalhoub all of them fantastic oh Um, yeah i mean i believe it i mean tim daly obviously we we would come to know as superman and and one of the Mm -hmm. one of the best voiceovers of superman we've we've ever known um hashtag that's my superman (laughs) yeah Stephen Weber even, and every time he shows up, and even uh, he was Thomas Hayden Church too. He was in there, wasn't oh, he? Oh fuck, Thomas Hayden Church, goddamn sideways Oscar winner. Yeah. Oh, um, what's that girl's name who was in the mask? Oh, in the mask. Uh, she was in it. Uh, Carmen something or other. No, no, no. Not her. Um, oh, the pretty redhead. Um, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Uh, she was in Problem Child. Amy Yazbek. Is that uh, her name? Is that her name? Amy Yazbek. I don't know. He's typing so I can find out. Yes, that was her. Amy Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Trying to get a visual. Trying to get a visual. Um, oh, yeah, her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she was a huge part of Wings. Um, Steven Weber was so good that when they redid um, The Shining, that's the guy they picked mm-hmm. to replace Jack Nicholson. He's one of those people who's like hugely undervalued to me. It's fantastic on uh, Studio 60. Oh, fantastic there. Um, I, I still implore you to watch that zombie. Uh, a great three seasons with him. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, he is uh, one of the people who's responsible for the the zombie scourge. Okay. I'm, I'm happy to hear someone actually say scourge instead of scourge. I didn't know scourge was the thing. <laughs> I, I didn't either until this week. Um, <laughs> I literally heard, like, my wife said scourge. No. There's you in there. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Scourge. And then um, Lobo described himself as the Scourge. And I went, oh, Well, he's it. got a weird accent. You can't trust him. <laughs> I, I was like, what's happening? Is is my life upside down now? Like, is, what, what, Have I fallen into a, para, into a parallel? Re- I've never heard anyone say Scourge until scourge. this week. No, Scourge. I stand by. I think you were right, buddy. Maybe. It may be one of those, uh, you know, uh, route or route situations. Mm, I mean, there's... Mm, no, no. I think it's Scourge. I think it's outright Scourge. Which I use both route and route, by the way. If I'm referring to a number, uh, is you know, it's route 66, not route 66. That sounds weird. Oh, but see, that's route still, but called route. But yeah, if Whereas I'm... if it's a numerical value of some kind, it's, it's an actual route, R-O-O-T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, that was... Not interesting. Hey, <laughs> not I the just looked it up to be sure of it. Yeah, for sure. There's a uh, there's an OU in that. You can't say scourge. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, take yeah. that, Scanlon. You, you just can't. You gotta respect the U. You know. Yeah. I. You know. I love you, Bethany. I know you're listening. I'm sorry. But you're wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, did you watch this Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans trailer that I sent you? I did. I am uh, so happy <laughs> because it looks like they're going to be uh, a number of villains are going to be forcing uh, the Titans and the or the Teen Titans and uh, the Teen Titans go to fight. But it looks like there's this, this is a big multiverse spanning thing at the very end when you say see all of the Titans uh, fighting with uh, the bad guys. Uh, if you pause it, there are you can see Nightwing in his black and red o- outfit from the from the comics in the background. You can see like comic book Starfire. You like this is going to be a multiverse, a whole multiverse of these characters. I mean, apparently they broke it wide open. Mm-hmm. I like it. I I the weird thing was, and Teen Titans is a show that I've I've never gotten around to watching, but I I have respect for. I've heard good things. Yeah, it's like 35 at Walmart right now for the complete series. I'm pretty nice. sure it's on DC Universe. Yeah, I'm sure. I just haven't made time for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titans Go even, the times I've I've seen it, I yeah. like it. I've enjoyed just, the hell out of it, what I've seen of it. haven't made time for it. But when they combine these two, I swear to God, the first 40 comments, if you go to that trailer and look on the, the comments on YouTube, are all, you told us they were coming back and this is what we fucking get, you assholes. Rephrase yeah. that however you want. <sighs> That's... The first however many comments, I, I I kept scrolling, and that's all I saw. 
I don't care. Those people can kick rocks. This looks fantastic. <laughs> I agree. I just apparently, and it was like a six thousand uh, ups to, or no, sixty thousand ups to like six thousand nos as far as the uh, the mm. voting. Apparently, large contingent of people that were not happy with this. If if I I do get that if you were told the Teen Titans are coming back. And I think I remember us talking but about at like, the tail Teen Titans end, were coming back. But at the tail end of a Teen Titans Go movie. Yeah. I mean, I get that if you were told they were coming back and this is what you get, maybe you're like, oh, well, we had a whole system of stories we we're working on. I don't know. I don't know the stories well enough. I would love to see if this respects the universe that it, it, it came to. But, uh, I, oh, my God, so many people mad about the animation. Mm-hmm. Because Teen Titans did use like regular old school animation. Titans Go uses an entirely different style, and they're putting it in Titans Go style. So, oh my God, so many people are mad about that. Well, so many people were mad when Teen Titans came out in the first place, and it wasn't in the uh, Batman the Animated Series universe. They were mad that it, it was stupid anime style. Uh, these people can't be helped. <laughs> <laughs> There's no help with this. Okay, I get it. Um. God, there was so much vitriol though on, on those comments. It was it was amazing. Um, I don't have I'm ignorant, man. I don't have enough background to to judge what I just saw. But what I just saw looked delightful. Yeah, I mean, I I have seen big big portions of episodes, if not entire episodes of Teen Titans, but never the entire series. I want to go back and do that. Uh, Teen Titans Go. I've you know watched whole shorts, uh, whatever they do, like segments. Um, I've enjoyed the hell out of it from what I've seen. I, I, this looks great. This actually makes me want to go back and watch both. I could see that. Yeah. But you know, I'm that guy. Um, well, one of the ways you and I bonded is, uh, when we, shortly after we first met, you were telling me about fringe. You asked me if I'd seen it and I said, eh, it's, you know, low rent X files. And you looked at me and said, they're doing the multiverse. <laughs> yeah. And I went, Oh, Oh, do tell. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> and I went home that night and watched the Explain. pilot. And several <laughs> other episodes <laughs> that were subsequent to that pilot. Yeah. Um, the show order off. because that's how Thankfully I wrote. our friendship <laughs> remained. Yeah, the show, you know, well, we were already living together by the time they got to the end of that show. And we were just yeah. like, what has, what has this become? That one went off the rails. Yeah. Season four, it really just, well, what are you doing, guys? Yeah. Which it wasn't the same showrunners. They, they, I think they had a new showrunner, new set of showrunners every season, every couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, everybody just kept doing, getting huge and going away. Mm-hmm. You know, Kurtzman and Orsi went off and do do the Star Trek movies. And yeah. <laughs> whatever. I yeah, see. You. Hmm? Only disappointing part is like the uh, the actors themselves. I I haven't. I would like to see them again. They it wasn't their fault. Well, John Noble hangs out. John you know, Noble. You see him quite a bit. Hangs around. See him on Sherlock. Kirk, you see Kirk him. Avocito, still see him around the Arrowverse, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fuck, that's it. Everybody else, I don't, I don't know when I've seen them. Yeah, I haven't seen what's his name, Joshua Pacey. Jackson. I don't know, Pacey. Uh, yeah, Pacey. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I think, um, and there might be some rabid uh, Pacey fans out there, but I, I will say that I think Fringe was his last gasp. Maybe, like, I think he was living on borrowed time there. Um, <laughs> See, I thought he did a great job. He and did. A, he absolutely did a great here's job. Here's the weird part: that guy. Every single time I see him, I think he does a good job. I don't. Yes. I don't think anything that's ever happened was his fault. Have you uh, ever seen Lone Star: State of Mind? No. It is fantastic. Thomas Hayden Church is in it. He's in it. Uh, John Cougar Mellencamp is in it for some reason. But he's why not? He's a lot. He's a lot of fun too. Um, John Mellencamp, damn it, took the Cougar out. I think. I mean, he is. They're like in. They're in Texas. Yeah. And. Um, him, uh, Joshua Jackson and his fiance, uh, their stepbrother and sister, mm-hmm. their parents are married, and John Mellencamp's just like this dirty, mean old man, you know, who keeps like, you know, saying, like, Oh, you, you done having sex with your sister now? All right. Dad, stop saying that. <laughs> We're not actually related. You know, as you do. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty fun movie. It really is. Uh, I watched it. Uh, under protest and wound up enjoying it quite a bit. <laughs> like I said, Thomas Hayden Church, man. He's great. Yeah, he is good. Um, I forget who, uh, she was the star of the show. I forget who she is. I, for, I forget her name. 
Um, I only remember her uh, false, uh, her Elseworld name was Folivia. Well, uh, her name was Olivia on the show, yeah. but so her Elseworld name was Folivia. Uh, yeah, they called that's her Folivia. All I remember. <laughs> I, I don't remember seeing her somewhere else. Uh, it's uh, I need time to be her and see where she's shown up here. Yeah, I don't. She did I mean, a good job know. too. It was. It wasn't. It, it was a it was a weird it was a weird show. She wound up being my least favorite of that show. She always just sort of had like a look of sli- like she had like a slight tummy ache. Like she just yeah, always had that face. The entire face. time the the show was like, guess what? Yeah. Everything's absurd. Mhm. Mhm. That's kind of the look she was supposed to have the entire time. I I yeah. Also, uh, by the way, you can't trust anything. Fun. I loved, I loved uh, John Noble's character claiming that Folivia ensnared Peter with her insidious vagenda. Yeah. That was yeah. just, uh, oh, the, the, man, that show was great that until season four. That was pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. It went off the rails. Anyway. I, I think I won you over by saying Leonard Nimoy was involved. I knew he was involved because Matt watched the show. Ah. And I roomed with Matt. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I knew Leonard Nimoy was involved but uh no it was the multiverse that's what it was that was what it was Um, you said that they've been you you said that they're doing the multiverse and there have been incursions is a slow invasion from the other universe and i went oh that sounds good (laughs) (laughs) i gotta get into that Mm -hmm. it was a different time we were as long before we had like the flash Mm -hmm. um these concepts were alien to uh, you know normal network tv at the time Mm-hmm. Give it its credit that that show breached some concepts, like in in the way that X Files breached some concepts. It didn't end well, but that show fucking it it uh, it it broke some shit up. It, it it said we could do things differently, and people still paid attention, and millions of people watched and said, "Yeah, sure, fucking what do you got? In, what do you got? What do you what are we doing?" Yeah, and it's always fun to watch those shows. Lost did the same thing, where it was like. The longer it went and the crazier it got, the less people watched it. They were just like, oh, I didn't know we were in for this. I'm like, what did you want? <laughs> what were you hoping for with a show about fringe science? Yeah. But like, oh, well, this is just too much. Why? Stupid two universes. Stupid hatch. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, those, those were fine things. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I get how it happens. But no, I mean, when, when the show decides to just go full throttle in one direction sometimes it sticks sometimes it doesn't i think fringe was part of what proved that you could you know for better or worse uh, it, it proved you could really play with some shit yeah i mean there were tons of other shows that did it before but it had a wider audience that's that's really right. it you yeah. have to have the audience and then still get away with it that's that's a huge part of the equation mm-hmm. seven million people a week watching that show all right now um do you, do you have anything else oh i do not no oh okay Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't either. So I'm going to call it if that's okay with you. I second that motion. Mm. All right. Well, listeners, loyal and otherwise, you treacherous listeners out there. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to come back as well. Mm-hmm. Your treachery does not harm me. Nope. But uh, thank you so much for listening. And again, uh, patreon.com slash DC on screen if you want to go uh, help us out, support us. If you want to support us another way, but you don't want to listen to us talk anymore because, I mean, I can't blame you. Um, <laughs> we do have a uh, we do have a, uh, a shop on our uh, on our web website, dconscreen.com, and then uh, you click on shop and uh, you can go and buy shirts and other apparel that has our logo on it. Um and if you don't want to spend money on supporting us, you can always go over to, you know, Apple Podcast now. I almost said iTunes because I'm old, but that's no longer a thing. <laughs> and, uh, oh, well, and it's still a thing. Give us, uh, no, iTunes is pretty much gone, man. Still a thing in the review world. I mean, it's just, it's Apple Podcasts. It's just not iTunes. No, no. But yeah, um, if you think we deserve it, five stars would be great. Um, if you didn't like how many uh, times I stumbled over my words, you can give us four stars and still a positive review. I'll still read them, and uh, I'll still remember the negative reviews way more, mm-hmm. because that's how I'm built. Right. Anyway, we love you. Until next time, Dark Side is, and keep some DC mm-hmm. on your screen.
Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time, the TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted? Ladies and gentlemen, today's opponents on Man vs. Train. At the crossing, we have Rick, a 175-pound frustrated man who's running late for work. And on the tracks, we have Bull, a million-pound freight train that takes a mile to stop. Let's see who comes out on top. You can't beat a train, so don't try. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Look around you. That car you're driving. That house your family lives in. Making your daughter laugh. Inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive. Teaching him he can be anything. All you. And your dreams for tomorrow. You'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen. They are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.